you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hi everyone, it's Melissa. And this is Dane. And we're so glad to be together and back with you. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening to our podcast. We're having fun doing it. So we're out in California still, and gosh, we've had a really good two weeks. We've got two weeks to go. Yeah. As we're recording this, we've had a good two weeks. And um, last week's podcast was an interview with Rissa, our main assistant. Yeah, it was great being with her for like the last five days or a week. Or Yeah, she came yeah. for a week. Yeah, it yeah. was really fun. And I know she and I got some FaceTime work-wise, which is always important for us too. But we hit the zoo and we went to a lot of good restaurants and did a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, so did and some then bike riding with her. And yeah, you guys biked. Where, where'd you go again? We just uh, go down to Imperial Beach, south of Coronado, and bike back. Yeah, and bike back. And you like the coffee shop down there, I think. Yeah. She liked it too. So what is it about that coffee shop you like? The horchatas. Horchatas. <laughs> okay, if you say so. I don't know. He bought me one. I'm not a fan, but I'm glad you found something that you like. Yeah, it was great to have her here. And then she flew back to Portland where she's been living for a while. And right now, as we're recording this, she's all packed up. Movers have her stuff and she's driving back to Boulder and, and Denver. And we're happy to have her home. So we're really glad she's moving back to Colorado and and uh, hope that's real successful for her for sure. What else has been going on? Let's see. Halo, our newest horse in our healing herd, has been delivered successfully to the ranch while we've been here. So big shout out and thank you to Amanda and Gabe for welcoming Halo and helping him get settled in. He's a nine-year-old gypsy vanner. I didn't know he was nine. Yeah, he's nine. He's like the perfect age, okay. right? He's just a perfect age. And broke to the nines, as they say, just really, really, really <laughs> Nine broke. Nine year old broke to the broke nines. to the nines. That's right. And he's just a, a real sweet personality. I think he's going to be very good at the Quangestalt work and a wonderful addition for us trail riding and all of that. So I'm really excited about him. Yeah. Amanda said he settled in a lot like a gypsy vanner, which means they come sort of pre-settled. <laughs> he nice. he walked into the indoor, looked around, his eyes got all big and he went to the round pen and rolled a little bit and then he got in his stall and met his neighbor Raphael and the next day he and Rafi were laying in their runs with their backs to each other just kind of snoring away so yeah they're they're not excitable horses they're pretty gentle and then last night you surprised me with a fun little gift we went to the Padres game oh I wasn't sure where you were going with yeah. that <laughs> surprised you last night with a little gift okay yeah <laughs> we did go to the Padres game which yeah. I, I have to confess I'm I'm new to the whole baseball scene and I had been to one Dodgers baseball game in Los Angeles 40 years ago and other than that I'd never been to a live baseball game now I've been to the Rockies and I've been to Padres games my team is the Padres I like the stadium better and just the team better and stuff yeah. and and some pretty cute players oh that's not what I'm supposed to be no <laughs> noticing but there's some pretty cute baseball players for sure so anyway what'd you notice about your gift last night we were what 11 rows off the off the front of the field yeah is that good it was real good. Yeah, I tried to spoil good. you. Yeah. I tried to get something that would really kind of be 
not what you would normally do every day at a baseball game. Right. That was fun. We were really close. Definitely not nosebleed. No, no. We were really close. Yeah. Like, pretty close to level with the field. Yeah. And you could hear what they were saying to each other. I mean, it was really, really close. Watching the guys warm up and do all that. I think I like where we sat the first game, which is kind of one section up, because I like seeing the whole field a little yeah. easier. Mm -hmm. But um, And I was very glad there were nets because those guys, that half the time they hit the ball and it goes backwards towards the <laughs> audience. <laughs> What's that about? Why do they yeah, do that? Just called a foul ball. Both teams did. They'd hit the they, – this pitch would come flying in and they'd hit it and it would fly backwards. I, don't, I still don't understand. Yeah. One guy even hit his foot with a bat. It was a weird night. So but we both had the discussion about – the new timer on the baseball thing. Yeah. That sort of takes some I didn't of the, like it. Yeah, the, the leisure out of the game. Yeah. Are they trying to do that so the guys can't hang up there for a long time waiting to pitch and waiting to bat and all yeah. that? I guess that's the reasoning behind it. But they have a big clock now at the pro games, and it's lit up so the pitcher can see it. It's giant letters, and it's lit up like in his face. And it's behind the batter box, and it goes like 15 seconds down or something. It, it was annoying. I didn't like it. it. It put tension into America's laziest sport, right? The laziest game there is. Well, maybe not for, lazy, for, no, but for leisure. A, for a spectator, it's right. the laziest sport. Come on. Basketball gets your adrenaline going. Football, I don't know what it does. But baseball is supposed to be where you could sit and chat and enjoy the sun yeah. and kind of relax. It wasn't relaxing. But anyway, they must have a reason for doing it. And then let's see what else. We went to John Thwaites' retirement party, 35 years as a commercial pilot and his wife Vivian and John host my core trainings for my EGC program at their place when we're out here in California and so it's just beautiful horses and a really cool barn I've talked about it in podcasts before where it's an art studio combined with a barn it is really nice if you want to see some photos go to art soul and horses that's vivian's yeah, website it's a real nice place. yeah i'm being a grad of the program and stuff and she hosts us out there for that but this time we saw it dressed up for a party it was fun yeah and he had this a couple of bands there one was sort of like a what a fantastic harmonizing Americana music, I guess. Yeah. And wow, were they, they were good. So good. Oh, so good. And they were playing in the daylight before the sunlight went down and nice wine being poured and drinks being poured and food and all of that kind of stuff. It was very relaxing and very sweet. They had a cool photo booth and just a lot of neat things there. Unfortunately, we couldn't stay for the whole big... The parade. other band. Yeah, 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 the other band. They, they had about 150 people there. It was yeah, a big party. It was fun. And wonderful to see John with all his coworkers and, you know, all the other pilots and their spouses and stuff there just really celebrating him and, and his wonderful career. So that was, that was really fun. And it was fun to see Vivian's horses because the arena, which is where they usually hang out so that they can put their heads in the barn and and they they've got a great life. Those horses live where they can look in at whatever she's doing in the art studio, work with her clients, hang out in the beautiful weather of Southern California, and then they have a little pen that they can get penned up in 
probably once in a blue moon. And for this party, the arena became the parking lot. So to park all the cars that were coming in. So they were locked in their little pen. And I got a chance to go over and say hi to them. And they were both like, well, I don't understand why we're not in the middle of the party. Because they would have had a good time there. But very sweet. Both are both are mares are really, really nice. So that was really fun. And you yeah. play golf with John sometimes. Yeah, and- yeah. <clears throat> I haven't played any since we've gotten here, but yeah, it's been a little chilly. And uh, 35 years yeah. as a commercial pilot, really, really a cool career. So kudos to you, John, and, and uh, congratulations again on a very successful career. So also I met with the horse and rider people. So they, uh, I met with them so I could get the numbers of what they call impressions that came across for the eight digital articles, the four podcasts, and the what they call a native article in our ad, and on and on and on that ran February and March. So it was really fun to yeah. hear all the all and, the impressions. And and according to them, you have the most listened to podcast for the last year through horse and rider. I'm pretty excited about yeah. that. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. Pretty excited about that. And they're uh, considering or looking at me as a good podcast speaker to maybe do what they call their tips podcast. So we're going to kind of explore what that means and what that is. And one of the things that they would be asking me to speak a little bit about is the human side of horses in terms of personal growth, like what's available to us through uh, horses in personal growth. So you mean I get to join you on that horse and rider podcast? Oh, God. I don't know. They didn't say anything. (laughs) They didn't say anything about you joining me on that. So I don't know. Maybe because I have a lot of fun fun doing this one with you. But I, I don't I don't know, boo. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Not. I probably do know, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it the youngins say now? Sorry, not sorry. So yeah. no, no, not no. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess it would be not no, no. I don't know how they talk. Anyway, one of the things was about personal growth and looking at how and in what way do people get into their own personal growth through horses. So I thought I'd spend just a moment or two here and share a little bit about why we see horses as such excellent, excellent partners with all of us for what I term your personal growth. So first of all, what does that even mean, personal growth? And for me, it means awareness of ourselves, of who we are. And I believe you really can't be successful with horses in a way of keeping yourself safe and making a partnership with them that lasts and something based on the willingness of this horse to be with us versus dominance and force and control, which is kind of the old school way, that to achieve that level of partnership and that level of connection with them, that it's all about being as aware of ourself as we possibly can be. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. 
Our Equine Gestalt This program prepares you to open your own private Gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our Master Equine Gestalt This program builds your Gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Personal awareness starts and personal growth starts with a person arriving into the moment, meaning that if our mind is thinking about an argument with a coworker that happened at four in the afternoon, and we enter into the barn at 4.30 or five that afternoon to get the horses fed and taken care of for the day, we as human beings will bring that into the barn, even though our barns are our sanctuaries. You know, we love going there. We love our horses. Everyone I know that has horses, their intention is to take very good care of them and, and to be very good to them. But when we bring our human consternation into the barn, they are such sensitive creatures to it that they do become reactionary to us. And I believe that most horsemen over the decades have gotten better at recognizing that to some level. For me, it's been my life's work. It's been the main thing I've wanted people to understand is they are healers by nature. They live totally in the moment. They are not thinking about what happened to them at one o'clock in the afternoon. They are right there with you when you show up at five o'clock. And they're so sensitive to our energy field. I think we have to realize that our energy field or our vibration, if you will, that that emanates out from our body is so easy for them to pick up on and to read. And logic will tell you that's how they've stayed on the planet for thousands of years. A horse by nature can read the energy field all around him, science has shown even all the way out to their horizon. And they do that as a self-protection mechanism in case there's a cougar, right, that eats horse meat on the horizon. Or there's smoke, they can smell the smoke, put it together, that it isn't a barbecue, it's something of danger. And and in every other way, they really have a, a high ability to sense everything in that uh, immediate environment for them. So when we bring our difficult thoughts, I'll say it that way, our difficult thoughts, we bring our ability to hang on to things that have happened to us, right? Our way of thinking about things, over processing things, and being concerned about a difficult conversation that we had three hours ago, we bring that into the barn. You're bringing the energy of that into the barn. And for horses, what they know is that something's bothering you. And what they know is they don't like that. They don't want something to be bothering us. They see us as their feeders, right? We're, we're their feeders, we're their caregivers, we're their friends, if it's a good relationship, all of that. And they care. And so when we come in all tight and anxious and worked up about something that happened during the day, for them, they're like, wow, I was standing here pretty much in zen and joy with a beautiful day outside and you walked in and now I'm concerned because is what 
is concerning you? Is that something that I, the horse, need to be wary of? Is it something that could harm me as well? And how do I assist you? How do I help you in getting out of this energy field? So that's one. So when we gain true awareness around that, we stop doing it. I mean, it's our responsibility, right? If we care about these animals, it's our self and personal responsibility to hold a higher consciousness, a higher awareness that we're bringing that into a, really a quiet and peaceful place. I think the other that humans bring in, we have such a qualitative, quantitative brain between our ears, and we give that brain way too much airtime instead of looking into our heart or feeling into our body. We give our brain a lot of airtime. And one of the things that as humans that we do is a lot of comparison. So it's pretty much how the human brain works. We are comparing all the time oh, today is cooler or hotter than yesterday. Oh, you know, my horse is better or worse than this other horse at doing this specific thing. Oh, I look better or worse than I did yesterday. We do it continually. If you start listening to your wacko brain, you'll hear yourself doing it. We do it all the time. And when we bring that energy into the barn, we're also not in the moment and they are in the moment. And so for them, it's like a radio signal being off the purity of the sound. So you remember the old-fashioned analog radios where you dialed a knob to go between the channels, and there was that staticky off-channel sound, and then you'd kind of dial into the right frequency. And for them, they hear that staticky white noise sound when we're up in our head, doing this whole comparison thing, doing this anxious thing, doing all our neurosis, to be candid, (laughs) that we do. And furthermore, we're really good at being neurotic about tomorrow, about the future. We're super good at this one. We end up looking at what's coming toward us in the future, whether it's a party that you don't really want to go to, or it's a work project that you don't have done yet and you're not sure what you're going to do, or it's a bill that you're not sure you can pay, or it's your spouse or, or best friend that's not feeling well and you're worried about their health tomorrow. So that whole future thinking causes anxiety. Anxiety is where we just can't worry fast enough. So we get all the mechanisms in the body and the brain together in alignment to just see if we can't make ourselves completely nuts and worry about something that hasn't happened yet. Big difference between worry, anxiety, versus concern. So concern is when we look at something that's coming and we start thinking about how can I best handle that? What could I do today? that would help that be better tomorrow. I'm all over concern. I think that's a smart and healthy way to do it. Maybe one of our podcasts we should do would be on how to ask yourself better questions. Because if you ask yourself questions about what's coming in the future and what you're asking yourself is, gosh, am I going to blow it like I did last time? Oh my gosh, are they going to not like me like I'm imagining? You know, (laughs) we do that to ourselves. Not going to be very good in our outcome. If instead we ask, all right, I have that big meeting. I know I need to prepare as well as I can for it. So 
how could I best use my evenings this week to prepare for that? Just ask yourself a, a much higher and better question that will actually help you find a solution. But, and when we are in the barn and we are with these high sentient, intuitive, sensitive, zen, in the moment creatures, we owe it to them and we owe it to ourselves for the amount of time we're there to pay more attention to our breath, our breathing in and out, not if you have coffee breath, but our (laughs) breath meaning breathing in and out, to your feet and how they're feeling on the surface of the concrete or the sawdust or the sand or the turf, wherever you are, to feel more conscious of how your heart is feeling, if your heart feels open or closed, to be aware of the temperature that is around you, to be aware of any breeze that is available, to be aware of the scents around you. All of these kinds of things that bring us right in alignment with the horse and being able to be super in the moment, those are the things that help us achieve a lot higher personal awareness and stretch us out to being better people. Because later when you're with humans, whether they're little kid humans, which are fun to be with, or your parents, or your grandparents, or your immediate family, or your coworkers, whoever it may be, you might translate some of these things into, wow, it's really important that as I'm here with you, I'm fully present with you. And we become much better at doing that. I think I spoke the other day in a class. I don't think I said it in a podcast. I do a lot of lectures, so it blurs up for me sometimes. But I was reflecting on a friend of mine, Richard Brooke. I haven't seen Richard in many years, but he and I had an opportunity to have a lunch together when we were both training for a company that was involved in marketing. And one of the things we came away from the meeting saying was kind of a personal challenge. And it had several parts to it, but I think the first part is an awesome one that I'd love to challenge all my listeners, our listeners to do. And that is to say everyone that you meet this week, whether you meet them on Zoom or on the phone or in person, whether there's someone who you know very well or there's someone who you just met. Maybe it's the person at the postal service, right, that's, that's selling you stamps over the counter. Whomever it is, that your goal in the interaction is that they feel better about themselves than before they met you. It's such a high calling in the world if we can go out thinking, how could I have this person I'm in this interchange with feel better about themselves than when I walked up here. And that might be a sincere compliment. It might be something that you exchange with them about how they did their work or their service. It might be someone who you know very well. And you could say, you know, I was thinking the other day about this time when you and I did such and such, and you were such a good friend. You were so there for me. I want to thank you for that again. Whatever it is for you that that person feels better about themselves than before they ran into you that day. Can you imagine if everyone in the world did that for one week? And obviously that's not going to happen. But can you just imagine if 
all the people in America, 300 million people. And tomorrow, what they did was say, for one week, I'm not only going to spread kindness, I'm going to spread empowerment to others where they feel better about themselves. It's not about me for a change. It's about them, right? So such a, such a heady, big thought. And I think our horses already do that as much as they possibly can. They want us to feel better about ourselves, better about life, better about the world, better about everything if we give them that sacred chance to do so. So I feel blessed to have horses in my life. I know they're a lot of work. I know they're expensive. I get all the not so easy side of it. But from the time I was a little girl, I wanted horses in my life. And I've been fortunate since I was 11 to have that. And I hope I have that till I take my last breath. Well, gosh, we need to say thank you to a partial sponsor. Hope Through Horses. That's right. Yeah. Hope Through Horses. That's right. So Hope Through Horses is a fantastic nonprofit. Please check out their website. They do a lot for us and they really have a way of supporting our Touch by Horse group in a myriad of different scholarships and and loans to our graduates, etc. So we're very grateful to be able to do this beautiful work in the world and they help make that possible and you you help make it possible for Hope Through Horses to do that. So that's great. Big shout out. We'll probably talk about it in our next podcast, but Midwest Horse Fair is going on this coming weekend as we're recording this. So it'll be behind us by the time we're doing our next podcast. And it's in Madison, Wisconsin. And we have a group of our certified practitioners there in a booth representing our company and representing themselves. And big shout out and thank you to them. And we'll talk more about that on the next podcast. Anything okay. else you want to add? I saw there was a highlight today. We got some pictures uh, showing that we were there four years ago today. Oh, yeah. Facebook highlight. Yeah. 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 That's always fun to see, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We were. We loved it. And I hope we get to go there again someday. So it'll be fun. Yeah. All right. We miss everybody there. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you, baby. Yeah, I love you and uh, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303 303- Four four zero seven one two five. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.